This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode 39 centimeter. On this spoilerific bonus episode, we review Weird Al's birthday show in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Duke Energy Center for the Performing Arts from Weird Al's 2022, The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's October 23rd, and you know what that means, Dave. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, happy birthday, Weird Al Yankovic. Well, technically, it is October 24th while we're recording this, but this is the October 23rd show, and I remember as soon as the tour dates were announced, we were like, we have to be at Weird Al's birthday show, so we did. You know what? I I, I don't think I would have come to this show if it had not been Weird Al's birthday. I don't think I would have <laughs> made the trek all the way to Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, this was quite a drive. Um I mean, I drove at least two and a half hours to your house, and then from your house, how long was the drive? Oh, geez. Uh, ten well, hours? Ten, yeah, pr- probably ten hours with our stops and everything, yeah. <laughs> but I, didn't, I mean, we didn't drive. Our Jackie drove. My wife Jackie drove the entire way. Well, she didn't drive me to your house, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to get technical about it. Yeah, it was... Uh, but you also did not drive that same day. You drove down the That's true. Before. That's very true. I did drive a, a Friday night, and then... Saturday we drove down and yeah. we stayed the night. It was it, we actually were planning on actually coming down on October 23rd doing the drive and then going to the concert and I'm so so glad we did oh, not do I, that. I agree Dave. <laughs> I mean just sitting in a car for 10 hours is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the fact that we got to come in, we had a nice dinner, we had a ramen right across the street yeah. from the hotel last night. And then um, Literally, the same the same complex as the hotel. We walked right over to it. It was great and uh, quick. And um, then we had all day today to explore Raleigh or to whatever Raleigh. we wanted to do. Raleigh. Raleigh or Raleigh. Raleigh? They call it Raleigh. I thought it was Raleigh. Well, they've been saying Raleigh, all the Rallyans or whatever. Oh. have been saying Raleigh all day. Well, I uh, I don't intend to try and fit in here. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll keep saying it the okay. wrong way. Um and uh, yeah, so we we uh, we got up, uh, woke up in time for breakfast at the hotel. <laughs> yeah, we had the breakfast at the hotel. The you know typical hotel breakfast, nothing real special about it. Nothing special at all. And uh, <laughs> we were trying to find something to do today, and we found out that today is the very last day of the North Carolina State Fair, and yeah. it is like. Less than five miles away from where we're staying. And then what really sold the deal is that they were having a demolition derby today. Yeah. So we're like, all right, we got to go. If you've never, if you've never, if you're listening to this, you've never seen a demolition derby, you need to go out and see one. They are incredible. <laughs> uh, incredible? Yes. Uh, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> they're fun. I don't know if they're incredible. They're incredible. But... <laughs> well, this today, uh, so we're jumping ahead to the, the fair. Uh, uh, so, so the demolition derby. First of all, it was uh, there were monster trucks there, and they were amazing. The monster trucks were really good. Yeah, you demo- think they would mention monster trucks on the you know like yeah. when you're going to buy the tickets? It just said like motorsports, right? And then <laughs> demolition derby, and then yeah, monster trucks. 
Yeah, the monster trucks are amazing. But the Demolition Derby, I'll tell you, yeah. I mean, I if this was your first ex- experience at a Demolition Derby, this wasn't a great Demolition Derby to see. Because this one was kind of... kind of All low. the cars kind of crapped out pretty quick. They crapped out <laughs> quick. And the course was really weird because they did it on the same course that they did the monster trucks on. So there were all those smashed cars and hills and stuff. And it was a really tiny... Tiny, thin course that they had to go on. So not it really a lot of, wasn't... Yeah, not a lot of room to, like, get it, speed or anything. Yeah, it really wasn't a great demolition derby as far as demolition derbies go. But demolition derbies, in general, are amazing. Just cars smashing into each other. And, and it's crazy. But, yes, the uh, the monster trucks were amazing. Uh, and just real quick, there's not too much Weird Al-related stuff here. But it's cool to talk about monster trucks. Uh, <laughs> the monster trucks Those were, were manly. They were really cool. Uh, and uh, it was... I think we lucked out because uh, one of the monster trucks the other day, they said, crapped out, something broke. And they had to bring in, like, a uh, like there were local people that were doing monster truck. I mean, the monster truck community, I imagine, is really small and they all know each other. But, uh, like, they're more localized monster truck people. So they weren't at the, the high, you know, uh, com- um, high-level monster truck competition level, the, you know, the... Uh, the pros, I guess, if you will, uh, they were. Which is more exciting because there's more chance for something to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, they did, they did, uh, they did the bring in a ringer at, you know, find somebody, a pro that was like four hours away that drove all night to be here. And uh, that was, the name of that truck was called Overkill Evolution and it had like an alien on it and it was incredible. It blew the other monster trucks out of the water. <laughs> this guy was like, like, 20 feet in the air when the other guys were 10 feet in the air it was it was <laughs> this guy did a it did a handstand like a like a on the front of his monster truck i don't even know what you call it it was like a handstand on the front of the truck it was like the truck was standing on its on its front on its nose and driving. yeah and two, i don't know two wheels only two wheels only i it was incredible it was really cool. The monster trucks i enjoyed them demolition derby was pretty was okay i mean as far as demolition derbies goes i've I'm not like a demolition derby expert here, but I've seen <laughs> at least one other one, and, and it, but it was fun. It was a fun day. It was I had a good a, thing I had fun to at, do. The, yeah. at the North Carolina State Fair. Uh, and the only other Weird Al related thing is there was actually a, a place, and I wouldn't try it, but it's Al's French Fries. Al's French Fries. And they were established in night, they were created in 1959. So, how's that? That was By like karma. Al Beckwith. And, um, we split up a little bit during um, before the uh, monster trucks and stuff. I ended up going to this little game where you try and get five balls in a row, and it was called Dave's. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you play? I played. Did I, you win? I did not. Oh. Well. <laughs> and I also saw this. Um, I don't know what kind of ride it was. Um, I don't even know what it was called. Uh, Fair amusement ride. But there was this weird like mural <laughs> I on saw the that side of it. <laughs> it looked like Nick Cage and Jesus at the same time. <laughs> I'm did, not sure what I did see the Nick Cage. It's very yeah. creepy. Like the hands are all messed up. I did see the Nick uh, Cage uh, <laughs> look-alike thing. Yes. Um, yeah. So we had a nice time at the fair with the. Of course, Jackie was there with us. Yeah. And uh, Dave got to see a wooden Elvis who was covered <laughs> in flies. And uh, they did have mini oh, blind right. box about that. Uh, Vans shoes for sale. Um, and um, one thing I, I think we forgot to mention before we actually went to um, the fair, um, we did uh, each send Weird Al a birthday greeting of um, 
<laughs> what is oh, it? Oh, the American greetings. The American greetings. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I sent him one exactly at 12.27 a.m. And I just completely copied and pasted what he wrote to me on my <laughs> birthday and then added the word Al. And I put his video. <laughs> <laughs> I sent him, yes, a birthday greeting as well. And I don't know what time I sent. It was in the morning when I woke up. <laughs> So, of course, we had to uh, get Al back <laughs> and send him a video of him, of him wishing him a birthday. A birthday yes. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're the only people to think to do that. I'm pretty sure nobody else <laughs> sent him any of those. I am curious how many he got. <laughs> Who else is uh, crazy enough to pay for it for what we signed up for two years or something <laughs> oh, I mean, we use it a lot we do it gets so much use out of that it was a good investment on our part and it's a lot of fun to play around with all right so uh yeah so we were at the state fair pretty much all afternoon i guess we headed back here dropped off our stuff immediately turned around and headed down to the uh ready for getting the name of this like the duke energy center the duke something center yep and uh <laughs> Yeah, we didn't know how it was. Uh, we were, I don't know, a 10 minute drive from the where we're staying. It was really convenient. It's, uh, we pulled into a parking garage directly across the street. And the first thing I see as I get there, I see this, uh, this gigantic acorn out in front of, uh, yeah, the venue. <laughs> and, and not like for acorn standards, like a giant metal acorn, metal, I guess, statue. statue. Yes, yeah. And, uh, it was called, it, it's an art piece, it's called The Acorn, appropriately enough. By uh, David Benson it was built in 1950. I wonder and, how they uh, named that. I have no idea. <laughs> and they and it was a gift to the city in 1992. So uh, very cool. Is, we uh, we definitely wanted to check that out. Uh, but before we did that, we wanted to get something to eat because uh, you know we did. Ha- I I had some fair food. I don't know if you ate anything at the fair. I, I just had banana flavored popcorn. It sounds awful. Was it awful? <laughs> no, I loved it. <laughs> but that's all I ate at the fair. Oh. I, the lines were too long, and there weren't. A whole lot of things for vegetarians there. That that yeah, yeah it's tough to find vegetarian food at a fair. Could have had fried Twinkies. Well, I could have. <laughs> <laughs> Are Twinkies vegetarian? I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> I've had them though. <laughs> Twinkie wiener sandwiches. So uh, yeah, so the acorn. Uh, well, we wanted to get something to eat, so uh, we got there, and we ended up finding a restaurant on the top of was it a Marriott across yeah. the street? Yep. And uh, like, where's this restaurant? Oh, it's inside a hotel. How good could it be? But it was an amazing atmosphere because we ended up going up to the tenth floor, which was the rooftop, and we could sit outside, and we could see the entire. Uh, Duke Energy Center. It was an incredible view from up there. Yeah, we saw the sunset. Yeah. Um, we, you know, got to see people kind of coming in and the lights turning on. And it was a really cool view. And um, the hummus tasted weird. <laughs> <laughs> the hummus did taste weird, but it was... Uh, they didn't have... The menu was sort it's of... Like, uh, yeah, eight items maybe uh, to choose from. It was, wasn't a great menu, but I mean, it was a fun atmosphere. It worked. It worked. It worked. It, it satisfied our, you know, <clears throat> our need for food. Uh, so we got to the, um, oh, <laughs> one thing I, that we wanted to mention was the sign for, um, Duke Energy Center. It said Duke Energy Center for the Performing Arts. And one of the venues in there, so the one that Weird Al was performing at is called the Maimandi Concert Hall, but there's another one called 
Well, there's one called the Kennedy Theater, and I was just at the Kennedy Center, yeah. so I noticed that one. But there's also one called the R.J. Fletcher Theater. Well, technically, it's the A.J. Fletcher Theater. I think that's a typo. I think it's a typo, too. The R.J. Fletcher Theater. And, of course, R.J. <laughs> Fletcher from uh, UHF. So, yes, there's the R.J. Fletcher Theater, which I really wish I had played in the R.J. Fletcher Theater. I know. I don't even know what the R.J. Fletcher Theater looked like. <laughs> it's but it, like a broom closet. <laughs> but I don't care. I th- he should have played. Full of dog the, snot. He should have <laughs> played at the R.J. Fletcher Theater. Uh, yes. Uh, so we got there. There was some other event going on. I never found out what that was. Oh, I didn't know that. Because uh, oh, you didn't notice all those people leaving all totally dressed up as we were walking in? Nope. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you need to get your eyes, you need to get your glasses cleaned. Well, I was uh, a little preoccupied because uh, before we went in, um, I had a, um, a, a couple gifts for Al, and there was seemingly pretty strict security. I didn't think I was going to be able to get in with the gift bag, so... Um, luckily, Melissa, the tour manager, uh, met us outside. It was nice to see her, and she, um, I guess, brought it in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she uh, went off to Jamaica with it. I, I think she gave it to Al. <laughs> I don't know. I guess so. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Went inside, uh, it was probably about 7.30 at this time. Concert was scheduled to start at 8 o'clock. Right. Uh, and, uh, Which we all know, if it starts at 8, what time does JW take right. the stage? That's right. Generally, Typically, what? 7.58, sometimes yeah. 7.57. At least at the Kennedy Center, it was 7.57. Well, so... Um, so we go inside, and first stop is, I uh, want to check out uh, the merchandise. Our good friend Marnie run, running the merchandise. And I, I had a... A couple things I wanted to pick up. I did uh, want to pick up an extra large uh, sweatshirt. Um, the pullover. The pullover. Yeah. I, they call it a hoodie. It's really like a hooded sweatshirt. But, yeah. Uh, no zip up. No zip on it. Uh, um, I wanted to pick up one of those. So the line was, I mean, it was a decent It was a pretty, line. yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, you know, considering where it was located, it seemed like kind of a, a hard spot to, like if you're just walking in the venue and you didn't know where merch was, it would have been hard to find, right. I think. Um, we asked someone where to go cause we don't want to go to all the way down these stairs and then, <laughs> or there's an escalator in there actually. Yeah. Um, and but immediately we noticed that they had the midnight star poster, um, for sale for only 20 bucks, which I, I couldn't believe that. Um, and they had a couple other unique things. They had the watch, the VIP watch from the previous, um, <laughs> yeah, vanity tour. That was only 30 bucks. Um, they did not have Bermuda's book. Uh, they were out of medium well, sweatshirts, and they were out of small Jerry's Bait Shop shirts. Yeah, well, Bermuda's book sold out uh, quite a while ago. I so, know, but yeah. they still don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and the other stuff, uh, you know, I guess they're selling out. It's it's almost the end of the tour. Yeah. And by the time people hear this, they won't be able to get this stuff right. anyway. <laughs> well, uh, and they also, I hadn't seen this in a while. I also haven't seen a show in over a month. Um, Steve and Jim CDs were available. Yeah, I don't remember if they were at the Kennedy Center or not. I wasn't specifically looking for them. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> a, a bit of a, uh, a snafu. Uh, not really a snafu, but we we uh, we both decided we wanted a Midnight Star poster, 
And so Marnie brings over two, and I'm I'm looking at him. Uh, oh, we should clarify: it's not like a this poster is not a Midnight Star poster. It's it's actually one of the old VIP posters oh, yeah, from yeah. the previous yeah uh, the strings attached strings tour. attached tour where they did a different uh, poster for every uh, stop on the tour, and this one was probably one of the North Carolina stops. I'm guessing I don't know which one offhand, but it was uh, it was uh, basically done up as a cover of the Midnight Star. Uh, a really cool one. Tablet, yeah. So I, I don't actually have... I, I mean, there's very few that... I, there are a few that I still need to... If I want to complete the complete set. I kind of you know gave up on it. But if I see them all, I'll pick them up. And uh, this was one that I knew I wanted to pick up. And for $20, it was oh, yeah. a good deal. So yeah, so that's what we're talking about. The Midnight Star. Well, I couldn't pass up stuff. a deal for 20 bucks. <laughs> You're obsessed. I, well, you are obsessed. Well, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um... <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so we, yeah, we told Marty we want two of them, two of them, yeah, one each, and so she grabs two and she brings them over. And as we're checking out, Ethan looks at looks at them closely, and he notices that one of them is numbered and one of them is not numbered. Yeah, so one I think it was like you know one fifty out of two hundred or something, right? And the other, other one completely blank, completely on the blank. So uh, <laughs> he asked me, Dave, which one do you want? And I was thinking, well, do I want the numbered one? Do I want the not numbered one? And I just said, I want them both. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, um, Marnie went and checked and she had another one that was unnumbered. Uh, so <laughs> Dave and I each got two, one numbered, <laughs> one unnumbered uh, for our respective collections. That's right. Because <laughs> we're nuts. We're nuts. Um, I mean, also- had they been like $60 like they like they had pre- in the beginning of the tour? Uh, I wouldn't have bought two. No, I would have no. bought one. For 20 bucks. For $20. Uh, it's, it hard to, it's hard to use yeah. it as, as a wrapping paper if you have to. Yeah. And uh, I did, I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I said the, the, the price uh, for the Kennedy Center, but the, the posters were also $20 there. So I guess they're trying to, at the end of the tour, just <laughs> clear out as much stuff as they can. I wish they were doing that the whole time. I know. It would have been nice. <laughs> it would have been nice at the beginning of the tour. Um, I also bought a couple of the VIP watches. Um, our friend Angel and our friend Kev uh, recently had, had mentioned, oh, I need one of those. So I saw those and I picked them up for them. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> was heading out of the, the restroom and uh, ran into a listener of the podcast. His name is Ben. And he says, hey, are you from the podcast? <laughs> As a, and uh, so it was uh, nice to meet uh a new uh, friend, Ben, our new friend. He's hopefully he's listening to this. And hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. And I gave him a couple of wooden nickels and a few stickers. Yeah, I, and, I uh, left the restroom uh, right after you, Dave. And uh, right before me, someone used up the last paper oh. towel. So I walked out. Ben, like, reaches out his hand to shake my hand. I'm like, dude, my hands are all wet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I didn't have anything to dry them on. Uh, so we did the elbow bump. Yep. And, um, yeah, it was really nice to meet Ben. Yeah. We uh, started heading towards our seats. We went down the escalator. Yeah, for some reason we had to go down a flight of stairs, a flight uh, of, or an escalator, I guess, to get to our seats. I'm not quite sure <laughs> I, why, I have but no, we did. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea the shape of this venue, what was going on. Uh, but we get downstairs and uh, immediately we are greeted by uh, Andrew, who we met in Boston. And, uh, well, he, you must have met him in Boston because I didn't go to the show in Boston. No, you did. Uh, Medford. Oh, Medford. Yeah, he said, he said Boston. And but I'm Medford's like, Boston, isn't it? Is it? I, 
It's pretty much it's basically Boston, isn't it? If if it was Medford, then I then I was there. But if it was yeah, if it was if there was a show in Boston, I no, was not there. There was no Boston <laughs> show. That was the Boston show. Oh, okay, uh, we met him there, and um, so he lives in Maryland, and he came down just for Weird Al's birthday show. Nice. And uh, he also brought his friend Chris, yeah. and uh, they had made a um a a, a sign to hold up, uh, wishing Al a happy birthday. So. Yeah. It was very cool to get to see him again and meet Chris. Yep, and uh, he got some wood nickels. Of course, <laughs> you, you don't meet Dave and or Ethan without getting a wooden nickel. Of course. <laughs> yeah, so it was a. Uh, we didn't know uh, if we would know anybody in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it turns out uh, we have some listeners in Raleigh, North Carolina. So yeah, great. Or at least people are willing to travel to Raleigh, North Carolina to uh, to see the concert and listen to our podcast as well. Awesome. Well, we get into the theater, and we knew we weren't sitting directly next to each other. Um, we're not exactly sure what happened back in December 2021, uh, but I had a seat in row A, and Dave, you were in row C. Yeah, Jack and I were in row C, right on the both aisle. Both on the aisle, so um, if uh, if they... Like, we were next to each other if you were ahead two rows or I was behind two rows, Um yeah, the way We're they uh, yeah, opposite the, sides of the same aisle. The, yeah, the way that they set this up is they had the uh, the A section, which was off on Jim's side of the stage, the B section, which was on Al's side of the stage, and the C section, which was on Steve's side of the stage, and uh, of course aisle going down, separating them. You were in section B, and I was in section C, but we were like pretty much directly across the aisle from each yeah. other, except for you were in row A, and I was in row B. And what was really interesting C. is. Um, so I was right in the aisle, and I actually had like a, a not a theater seat, but a, <laughs> like a chair. <laughs> like it was all like theater seat, like strange. six seatings, and then very my strange. my chair was just a chair, uh, <laughs> which strange. was great. I mean, I I like you know being able to kind of move it and adjust it a little bit if I need to. Yeah. Um, and so we sit down, and I get a text message um, from our our good friend Brad Hebert who is the, uh, he's the maestro of the spreadsheet. And he says, hey, I'm right above you. And I just looked straight up and I didn't see him. So I didn't know what he was talking about. Well, we should talk about the unique, uh, the unique uh, layout of this uh, stage. It was very reminiscent, and you weren't there, of the Kennedy Center. It was pretty much the, the same layout as the Kennedy Center. There were, except the uh, Kennedy Center had a, uh, had a giant pipe organ in the background. But uh, this one didn't. But there were. Uh, it was like an, it was a stage set up for an orchestra. So there were seats that were going around the stage, like in the back of the stage. There was seats, and there were seats off to the side, and there were balconies, different different balconies going up on the stage where you could sit. And then there were balconies going all the way around the perimeter of the uh, of the rectangular theater. And uh, the you know balconies were like one or two seats you know wide, and then in the back they were maybe. I don't know, five, ten seats Why There's, you know, so it was a very, very rectangular uh, venue. So, yeah, so uh <laughs> turns out that that Brad was sitting uh, off on, basically on the stage, but like raised up in the balcony on the, the highest, second balcony. The highest possible really, balcony. Really, really cool seats. And I wish that I knew that those were available because I would have totally sat there. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would have given up my front row seat, but I would have well, definitely. I would have uh, <laughs> given up your front row seat to sit there. <laughs> okay. Um, well, so Brad was up uh, on Steve's side, and uh, we had him take a picture of us uh, looking down at us, and I took a picture of him looking up at him. And right across from him on Jim's side, in the same exact seat, but on Jim's side was our buddy Jeremy Samples. Um, they both, I guess, figured out how to get these seats and. Um, then below them was, I guess, the first balcony, which was still, uh, within the confines of the threshold of the stage. And there were two groups there, um, which becomes important because, um, then right around eight o'clock and we're, I I don't know about you, Dave. I was like, wait, how is it eight o'clock at 7.58 is when we should be starting. Right. If the show (laughs) starts at eight o'clock, if the show, the ticket says eight o'clock, what time does the show start? It's usually 7.58, but uh, it's 8 o'clock, and, and uh, Melissa King, the tour manager's on stage, and there's other uh, people on stage, and they're kind of looking around and pointing at stuff, and we weren't really sure what was going on. Um, but over um, what ended up being 28 minutes, uh, they held yeah, the show. minutes, yeah. And... Um, from what we could tell, uh, Brad was moved, and uh, the people on the first balcony that were uh, on the stage were moved as well. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy was not moved. Hmm. And um, once everyone was moved, JW came out, 828. Yeah, 827 I had. But yeah, uh, there was the delay, and uh, JW came out, and the lights started flashing, and... Uh, it was interesting, and it was uh, you could tell that uh, they were trying to that somebody at the venue. It sounds like pro- probably uh, messed up and sold those seats when they shouldn't have, and uh, they did not want people sitting there uh, while Weird Al was performing. So uh, they had to reseat everybody. Uh, so that was what part of the uh, the problem was: is they needed to find seats for these people that had uh, bought these other seats. <laughs> Legitimately <laughs> bought those there. seats. Yeah, yeah. could not sit there. And, and uh, I guess there was a little bit of uh, you know, it's a sold out concert. If you know, so it was trying to find empty seats for people. You know, to to sit. You know, and it took a little took them a little while. So yeah, it was interesting. It's the first time. Uh, that I'm aware of on this tour, where they did not start the concert, <laughs> yeah, on the at the advertised time, and not not you know not Weird Al's fault at all, but it's the venue's uh, apparently yep. issue for selling seats that they shouldn't have sold. So yeah, um, so I had you had eight twenty seven, I had eight twenty eight. I have emo taking the stage at eight twenty nine. Um, I don't know what you had for that. Uh, that sounds good. I'll okay. go with that. And uh, emo. Uh, we was should wearing... mention though that uh, JW called it the emo folks exposure. Right. So I guess that's just his thing. He just <laughs> says that now. Um, yes, I get emo wearing his black and gold outfit, uh, the the Harlequin outfit, and um, at some and uh, so emo. I don't know if it was right at the beginning or somewhere in his set. He actually apologized. Yes, for right the, at the beginning. He apologized. Uh, Thirty yep. minute delay. He said there was a seating snafu yep um so that's what kind of gave us the indication and then talking to uh, well yeah i saw the people moving yeah so i saw I, the people assumed, moving assumed but it was that's um, what the issue was yeah we're we're a, through that and then um um a little bit later we got some more information but um so he had a standing ovation which was really cool yeah he had a really good set and let me 
let me point this out now that the audience was very enthusiastic for Emo Phillips. They they really enjoyed his set. They were laughing like crazy. Thought for sure this was going to be a very you know enthusiastic audience. Um, so it was uh, yes, the Emo was great, and he had a couple a <laughs> uh, couple of uh, fun jokes that he uh, that he did. He did uh, he did your favorite joke. He did my favorite joke. Uh, really good time. Uh, yeah, so I had that he stopped at eight fifty nine. I don't know what you have for the uh, ending time. I have eight fifty nine. Yes, standing ovation for sure. The whole place stood up. It was, looked like it was going to be a really fun, enthusiastic, uh, enthusiastic audience. So during the break, uh, uh, the first time I think I've seen her on this tour, Fred came over. You know, super fan. You know, mega fan. You know, Fred older. <laughs> uh, came over and uh, did not know she was going to be there, but it was a nice surprise to see her. She came over and started talking to us. Uh, Brad had, I guess, <laughs> gotten reseated at this point, and he came down and was uh, chatting with us. And uh, we got to meet uh, Ryan, another friend of mine, uh, came down and was uh, chatting with us as well. Yeah. So uh, you got to uh, meet Ryan as well. And during uh, the intermission... Um, Jeremy was moved, oh. <laughs> and uh, they offered him a, a free free drink for his <laughs> oh, trouble. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was fun to get to uh, chat with some Weird Al fans. I think when we came down here, we did not think that we would see anybody that we knew. We were trying to trying to figure out who we would. I mean, Jeremy obviously would be there. He's at every show, but uh, besides, you know, you, uh, me, Jackie. And Jeremy, we didn't think we knew anybody in this area. Turns out we do quite a few. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> so uh, it's always it's always cool, at least for me, because I know fans all over, and I know there are Weird Al fans all over the place. Even if you go to a concert and uh, you don't expect that you'll be, you expect that you'll be the only Weird Al, you know, uh, super fan there. You always run into somebody, <laughs> <laughs> somebody else at your level. Yeah, so I have the start time at 9.13. And uh, I am uh, just quickly writing down a couple notes because okay. uh, this is the first time in six shows that we're together. Uh, so I can have a, a much uh, better guess when it comes to Dave's pick of the night. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Dave's pick of the night. Yes, definitely pick some. Do you have a pick? Um, yes, I do. Okay. I just need to flip through my notes real quick and make a choice. All right. You can get started. I'll 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 join in. <laughs> All right, so 9.13 is what I have for the start time. And uh, Bermuda came out, sat behind his drums. And let me say, this show was supposed to start at 8 o'clock, and now it's 9.13. So an hour and 13 minutes later before Weird Al comes on. Uh, uh, the rest of the band comes out, and they start the show with Fun Zone. Great, great start to the show. Love Fun Zone. Uh Definitely. Um, and then, any <clears throat> comments on Fun Zone? Um, well, first of all, I noticed that uh, Ruben had a haircut. <laughs> okay. At least since last time I saw him. Um, I know we report on banned haircuts here. <laughs> um, I noticed on uh, based on where I was sitting, uh, so I was pretty much lined up with Ruben, if not even more uh, Ruben than Ruben was. And uh, so I had a good view of Al's table. I saw the vibra slap. I saw the jingle dingle. I saw the megaphone. Um, there was a couple other things I couldn't really see. Uh, Steve was wearing sunglasses, 
And um, yeah, Fun Zone was great. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, I was also on Steve's side, the C-section, the C-section, <laughs> the C-section uh, of the audience. Uh, on Steve's side of the stage, yeah, pretty much in front of Ruben. I had a very good view of Ruben uh, throughout the show. Um, All right, I'm going to open a drink. I'm not going to tell you what solo this is. So if you're a listener and you write in and you correctly guess the the solo that this is, then you win a sticker. It's not a Coke Zero. I will tell you, yeah, do not send in Coke Zero. Frank does not want to see a thousand emails to say Coke Zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, they went right after Fun Zone. Uh, they went right into Close But No Cigar. As soon as Al came out and they started playing Close But No Cigar, I was thinking to myself, and I don't have it in front of me, but weren't those the first two songs you saw in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> yes. Was it? I think so. I would have to... It, it, this... Uh, jumping ahead, this this uh, set list was, sounded very familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Almost like I just talked about it recently on the podcast. <laughs> um, so when I saw Al's shirt... I was well, so I I did give Al a shirt. Spoiler alert! So I, was, I have heard uh, I've seen a few times where people give Al a shirt, and he wears it that night at the show. Uh, so I was wondering if he was going to wear it. He did not. He instead wore what I call the James and the Giant Peach shirt. And um, Dave, I know last time when we well, were let's talking describe about- the the shirt. For people who don't know what James and the Giant Peach shirt is. Well, they should know, because I've used that name before. It's the one with the giant orange flower on yeah, the front. It's, 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 it's a, yeah, it's a giant orange flower on the front. That's great. <laughs> great. Um, so, Dave, when you were in D.C. and Al played Close But No Cigar, you forgot to count. I, I Yes. The uh, uh, it's, it was rusty. vibra slaps. It, it was a rusty. It, I had not been to a concert in, in almost two months or in over two months. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I kind of needed to, to have a concert to get, you know, my uh, get back in the groove of things. So I did not count how many vibra slaps there were. And guess what? Tonight I also did not count how many oh, vibra slaps there were. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, I counted 18. <laughs> wow. It changes every show. It does. <laughs> Seemingly, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Maybe you just don't know how to count. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Other people have counted, Dave. Um, so uh, after close, but no. Oh, uh, and I will say there were um, the the lighting on the stage was a little unique. Uh, typically, you you know, there's the black curtain behind them, and that's where a lot of the there's no black curtain, no black curtain. Um, so I noticed the. Although no black curtains still on the back wall uh, were crescent moons, the the quad crescent moon yeah. uh, shape, and um, yeah. So again, this stage the, 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 again this this almost was a carbon copy of uh, the Kennedy Center. Uh, the stage, the setup, the theater was set up exactly the same, and maybe the set list might be pretty close as well. <laughs> maybe maybe hearing about some similar songs. Uh, also, uh, Al, t- Al said, how you guys doing? Uh, he said, you know, before this tour, I had a long talk with my agent, uh, the guy who books all these shows. And um, 
you know, he, he said I, he booked 133 shows, which is great. He booked me in really wonderful places like Carnegie Hall and, and the Kennedy yeah. Center. And he said, but um, the one thing I requested is to play Raleigh, North Carolina on my birthday. Yeah, all I care about is if I play Raleigh, North Carolina on my birthday. He said, dreams and do the, come true. The crowd cheered like crazy. And he said, <laughs> dreams do come true. And that was probably the last time the crowd made any noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's not true. There is one more instance where they did make some noise. <laughs> Just one, though. Uh, I, I, I know... Uh, uh, talking to Dave before recording, uh, we have differing opinions about the audience. I guess I just wasn't paying attention to the audience. So. I don't think you were. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, I was just too far up front. Dave. I do want to point out that uh, that uh, you probably could not see it from where you were sitting, but uh, I was looking around the venue, and uh, many people had up uh, like like homemade signs that said "Happy Birthday" or "Happy Birthday Weird Al" and things like that. And there was somebody in the balcony. Off, uh, off on Jim's side of the the theater, and they had a huge, huge banner that said "Happy Birthday." Yeah, and they were wearing party hats. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I saw them. I saw um, our friend uh, Andrew with his sign, and I saw at least another sign. Yes, yeah, um, se- several people with signs. It was very cool. Out happy Birthday. Uh, so Al gave it up for emo, and he did the whole gag about you know if you ask me in the eighties. If I'd be spending six months with Emo Phillips on a bus, uh, I'd say that sounds about right. And um, Al said that uh, he always checks his Twitter after every concert, and there's usually one, at least one person who's disappointed. Um, you know, maybe, uh, oh, there's no Edith, or he didn't play anything that I know. <laughs> um, so he said, up front, I'm going to let you know that we're going to play a bunch of unpopular songs like this one. That's right, and lame claim to fame. Was the song? Was that the third song uh, in DC? Yes, "Lame Claim the Fame" was definitely played in DC as well. Wow! Um, <laughs> I have to, I'd have to uh, have Frank pull up a set list in it because uh, DC was a couple days ago, so yeah, of I course, need to uh, need to check on that. But yes, uh, <laughs> it was played. I know that for a fact. <laughs> well, um, before. They even got into announcing that they were playing Lame Claim to Fame. Oh, right. So it was uh, actually, so uh, Frank just reminded me what the set list was for the Kennedy Center. And uh, so far for uh, for the one in, in Raleigh, it was Fun Zone, Close But No Cigar, Lame Claim to Fame. Well, in the Kennedy Center, it was Fun Zone, Lame Claim to Fame, and then Close But No Cigar. So we swapped the, okay, uh, so the, swapped. the two of them. Well, technically different. Uh, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Uh, so before they even said it was going to be, or before they started laying claim to fame, I saw Ruben standing there with his, uh, cowbell. So I knew what was coming. And, um, I wanted to point out, um, the first of, I think two instances where, um, a Weird Al song sort of referenced, uh, something that would be as related to his birthday. So this yes, one, I noticed that too. <laughs> uh, obviously in this song, he says, uh, my birthday and Kim Kardashian's are exactly the same. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, they're not actually. The yeah. Same. It's really, <laughs> that, that, yeah. Like hers is a couple days, like October 21st or something. I'm going off memory here, but, uh, 
October 21st. Yeah, October 21st. So it's like really weird. Like, you know, I don't know if her name just fit better in his, uh, <laughs> in, you know, in the lyrics. They just sounded more natural. But it's like, like really weird that, you know, like you would think that he would pick somebody who either had the birthday exactly the same or pick somebody that's not like two days before. Right. <laughs> right. Someone like completely different. Like, like, like January 3rd or something <laughs> like that, you know, or January 27th, my birthday and Beethoven's birthday exactly the same. Um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty silly. Um, yeah. Um, obviously not, uh, probably not intentional. Maybe Al intentionally included that uh, song. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, definitely the the shout out to the birthday may or may not be the uh, only time we're talking about Weird Al's birthday. Um, so then he uh, he said, normally we save this for the end. You you know we wait for some build up, but I can tell you guys are anxious and nervous and and wondering if we're gonna do it. So um, without further ado, drum solo. <laughs> and then there was a one hit of the drum by John Bermuda Schwartz. And then just to, before Al could even say, uh, John Bermuda Schwartz, what a guy, Ruben started playing yeah. the piano a little bit. Yeah, it was really it was like strange. I was like, oh, okay, something a little bit different. I was ready to say, was, I'm not sure what Ruben accidentally like, hit the piano key, he, like put his water on the <laughs> bottle down in the wrong spot or something. I'm not quite sure what's happening here. But no, it was a special treat. Yes, uh, Ruben and the rest of the band started playing an instrumental version of the classic Patty Hill and Mildred J. Hill hit, Happy <laughs> Birthday to You. <laughs> yes, the traditional Happy Birthday song. Uh, ba, and, ba, 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 yes, ba, they, people ba. know, people have heard that oh, song okay. before. <laughs> uh, and uh, while they were playing it, Emo came out, he was wearing a party hat. Yes. He had his uh, uh, face mask on, and he had... Um, like a party horn yeah, party in his horn. mouth yes. through the mask. And then he it took the mask off. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you could tell Al was not expecting that to happen, caught him off guard. He, he was genuinely surprised. Genuinely surprised and genuinely <laughs> sort of, you could tell he might have been a little bit embarrassed up on stage, as to, as to say. And uh, then he said, that is the longest song in the world. Thank you, guys. <laughs> as after the song was over. Oh, by and the then, way, we should mention that the audience was uh, singing along, wishing yes, him a happy birthday. Yes. And at that point, I think, is when the audience... Uh, Stop <laughs> interacting, uh, um, but no. The people, the people had their banner out in the balcony, and uh, the people who brought their their signs were standing up. and And yes, it was a uh, was really uh, it was it incredible. was really a cool moment. It was uh, really it was incredible. Cool, I, cool I it was so much fun getting to sing Al Happy Birthday yep. with the whole audience. And Al was definitely embarrassed. He yes, was definitely he's, flustered. Yes, did not caught see off that guard. Yes. And. Um, you know, once it all ended and Al said that was the longest song in the world, he's like, well, now here's something else. Right. <laughs> he tried to get it back on track. He tried to get back to his set list. His... Uh, so they went right into, uh, with no um, no other mention, they nope. just went right into, why does this always happen to me? <clears throat> Another song that was played at the Kennedy Center. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, again... Um, as as I've noticed every time now, uh, Jim holds his guitar but does not play it. Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah, I can't imagine um, another... I can't imagine if he hasn't played it the entire tour, he's going to start playing it now. That, but also <laughs> I was going to say, I can't imagine, you know, if you're 
if you don't have any musical part in the song, uh, staying on stage for that. Because usually, um, well, he, he you say, know, they he leave, say, right? He, he, uh, he does do vocals. That's true. Yeah. Um, he probably doesn't want to do them back in the dressing room. <laughs> well, I am trying to, in a way, set up something that's coming later. But um, uh, after, the, after the song, Al picked up his accordion. And um, he started talking about the new the crowd, film. Yeah, the crowd always goes, woo, when he picks up the accordion. I don't know why. They always do. Al <laughs> <laughs> always makes kind of a face uh, when he does it. And I think people are excited to see the accordion uh, make an appearance. Mm-hmm. And um, started talking about the new film, where the, the Yankovic story, and uh, how it's coming out November 4th. And um, how they wrote a new song for mm-hmm. it, and I'd like to play it for you right now. Yeah, brand new song that over the closing credits, he said, and I'd like to play it for you right now. And then Jim played like a little riff on guitar. Yeah, they started playing. And like a nice uh, tease, a longer tease than we've gotten in the past. What, now, I have only seen the film twice at this point, but was Jim actually playing the song, or was he just playing something silly? What is your thought on that, Dave? I, I, he's, he was playing something... Uh, totally unrelated. It was, I don't think it was the actual song. Okay. <laughs> well, then Al stopped him and said, well, we can't because we signed an NDA. Uh, he said, well, you know, it's probably going to win an Oscar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he said, well, you know, since we're not doing that, we're going to play the title track from the last movie, which yeah. was UHF. Mm-hmm. UHF, which was not played at the Kennedy Center. Oh, Finally, you're singing <laughs> Finally, a song. Finally, I'm singing a t- different song. <laughs> Hadn't seen the past week. Uh, yeah, so the UHF. Uh, this was interesting. Uh, again, this theater was 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 uh, pretty cool because uh, there was no backdrop for like lights to go on. So instead, they sort of projected the lights onto the ceiling. There was like a big white ceiling. Yeah, the ceiling above the stage. Ceiling above the stage. It had LED lights built into the ceiling, which they. Used a couple times, but I felt like they could have maybe used them a little bit more because uh, they were there. But yeah, they they projected the lights, those uh, line lights that they have for UHF, up onto the ceiling, and it looked really cool. And uh, so that was uh, definitely a cool lighting, uh, cool lighting choice. Yeah, for this and uh, for uh, close but no cigar, they like I mentioned they were showing it on the back wall yeah so i guess uh it was changed to ceiling um because i didn't see anything else kind of intentionally on the back wall i don't think the rest of the... Uh, there was one other song where they were using the, okay. the whole venue yeah but, yeah, but yeah. yeah but the the typical like when we're used to lights right. being in a song uh those kind of things were typically on the ceiling as opposed yeah, oh, to yes. the back wall. i, I agree with that yes uh, so after UHF, Al said, I do want to say, just for the drum solo reprise. Yeah, it's almost like he was going to say, he started the word record, like he was going to say, just for the record, and he's the drum solo reprise. So that was sort of, again, that was something he had done. I had seen that at the Kennedy Center. It's probably the first time you're seeing, seeing that. Trying to trick Bermuda. Trying to trick Bermuda, trying to throw him off guard. Bermuda did my drum solo, and Al just said, no. Yeah, Al, <laughs> very upset that he... <laughs> Ask Bermuda for a drum solo again. He said no. So yeah, so we got a my drum solo from John Bermuda Schwartz. Uh, they went right into yep. Uh, Bermuda said one, two, three, four, and they went right into when oh, I was your age. I didn't hear that. Oh well, <laughs> glad you're there, Dave, to uh, to listen to that. And uh, so a lot of smoke filling up the stage on this one, and. Uh, 
uh, nice red and purple lights I, I noticed uh, throughout this one. And I even noticed that Ruben was sort of checking out the lights, like looking around on this one. Yeah. Um, I thought it, there was a couple parts during the song where um, they were using the overhead LEDs and everything yeah. was red. Yeah. And so there was so much smoke and it was so red. It just reminded me of like a like a, a toaster oven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it gets like red and smoky. That's what I, it looked like. Well, if you might be burning your food then if your toaster oven is getting all red and smoky. I don't um, know. I noticed that uh, during the song where Al goes, whiny little snot. He sort of paused for, like, he sort of hesitated. He said, whiny little snot. <laughs> um, and then during that song, um, uh, I was right in front of Steve. So uh, I saw him looking at me. So I waved to him and he gave me a head nod. <laughs> um, and then this is the second song, very apropos for Weird Al's birthday. Because when I was your age, of course, talks about uh, being a certain age. And now Al is a new age <laughs> as of today. <laughs> Didn't write down that one, did you, Dave? <laughs> um, no, I did not. <laughs> I might have considered that one a little bit of a stretch. Um, the other thing I, I noticed with the uh, the excess uh, stage smoke um, was when there's like a little part where uh, Jim has a, uh, a guitar solo. And the way he was playing and the way the smoke was kind of coming past him, it reminded me of the Eat It music video. Oh, where, cool. Where Jim plays guitar really fast and then explodes. Oh, yes, and the guitar starts smoking because <laughs> he's playing so fast. Yes, I love it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so that was really fun. I, I really enjoyed that song and, and all the, the effects that were going on. Nice. Very cool. All right, Al then said, there's a weird energy in the crowd, and you guys are probably saying, come on, Al, it's the middle of October. When are you going to play some Christmas music? He talked about how uh, he wrote this song back in 1986 and how it still uh, it's, it, uh, gets more and more topical every year or something <laughs> to that effect. Uh, and uh, it was pretty exciting. Um, the song, uh, pretty rare on this uh, on this. Uh, this tour definitely uh, one of the more rare more, ones it's uh, christmas at ground zero and uh as uh as he started playing it, somebody in the audience really audibly yelled yeah so there was one one enthusiastic person at least for this song now i don't know if you guys noticed this i believe it was happening in the row like literally right in front of you and jackie um i don't know what was going on but someone like had the flashlight on their phone. Oh on. yeah, I did notice this. Yeah, I'm and right. the, I don't know if they were like rec recording a video with flash on, but super lame to be using a flash. Like yeah, I don't while know. You're recording I, a video. I don't know if this person realized they had the flash on. It was going for like at least thirty or forty yeah, seconds. I think it took him a while to realize he had his flash on, and I don't know why. Maybe he actually because <laughs> you know what this happens to me and and. I had to get a new phone a while back, and I got ended up getting a iPhone 13. And they put like the flashlight on the main screen, so you can accidentally hit it and turn it oh. on. So I that that may have been what happened if he had an iPhone 13. All right, so I, or it may he may have just intentionally turned on his flashlight just to annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> it did annoy me, Dave. <laughs> did not bother me, but I was not. I was it wasn't happening in front of me, not behind me. Um. Oh, I will say that uh, Christmas at Ground Zero, um, I really enjoyed that uh, 
I really enjoyed the song and I thought it was a, a great, great version. Was, I had not seen it in a, quite a while, so I was uh, very happy to get it. And it's a contender for Dave's Pick of the Night. Wow. Um, I was just really hoping to get a uh, um, um, Christmassy Ground Zero double uh, <laughs> atomic bomb version like we did. In Bakersfield. In, uh, was it Bakersfield or Santa Barbara? It might have been we Santa asked Barbara. Ca- somewhere in California. Somewhere in California. Um, after it, he put uh, the accordion down, and he started talking about um, how uh, he's been doing a lot of interviews lately, yep. and uh, one of his favorite questions to get is uh, people ask him, do you ever think about writing real music? <laughs> and... Uh, he said he knows what it means, but you know he he thought it was uh, unique, you know, because you know Kanye West writes real music, uh, but he said the the difference between him and Kanye West is that um, his music isn't intentionally funny. Yes, my yes, Weird Al's isn't real because uh, his is is intentionally funny. And yes, this, by the way, this, he did this exact same setup <laughs> for this exact same song in. The Kennedy Center. Yep. And uh, good old days. Good old days. And, and uh, uh, I was very happy that the fingernail lights made an appearance <laughs> during this song. Yes, they did. They on were the ceiling. On the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. I tried to take a couple pictures. <laughs> to, uh, That's funny. I tried to do the same just for just for reference. There were <laughs> I basically just pointed the camera at the ceiling and took a picture. Just <laughs> it was funny. Yes. I tried to get Al and the. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a pretty good picture. Yeah, it's a good picture. Gives you an idea of what what we were looking at for our audio podcasts. Yep, everyone can see that amazing picture, right? Hope you like it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, good old days. Another carryover from the Kennedy Center set list. But a few years ago, uh, Al was at a party and he was in the kitchen uh, ch- trying to figure out. Uh, I guess who the greatest person in the world was. Uh, some people picked Gandhi, Confucius, Socrates, Martin Luther King, Madame Curie. But nope, they're all idiots. He also did say Da Vinci. Uh, well, he said it Da Vinci, but... Did he? I missed that one. <laughs> he, I, I was listening to see if he would do it. Uh, yeah, he did say uh, Leonardo Da Vinci. <laughs> nice. And of course, the real person is Charles Nelson Riley. And uh, who I should all, I should also point out, this was another song that was played at the Kennedy Center. CNR, CNR, and uh, no Steve or Ruben up on stage. Um, you know, there's a line where um, they mention Charles Nelson Riley's uh, third nipple on the back of his neck. Yes, I wonder if um, if he named it. <laughs> Probably named it Tiny. <laughs> Well, there also, um, I think this is what you said happened in Kennedy Center. Deja vu for you, yeah. Dave. Uh, after uh, Giddy Up Gene, uh, Al said, Gene Rayburn, Giddy, Giddy up. up. Yep, yep. Certainly heard that at the Kennedy Center. Um, uh, there's, I don't know if you picked this up, because I know you always do for the uh, Made Sweet, Sweet Love to Humanity line. You, you always uh, will do a pelvic thrust along with Weird Al. I sure did tonight. I saw that. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, and and but uh, during that part, the lights change uh, to blue, and uh, the way that the lights were blue and they were reflect up against the ceiling, it looked like you were underwater. 
Yeah, I think and, uh, I think they always do that. Yeah, it looked, but it looked like that you were underwater. So when the manatee, of course, is an animal that lives in the water. So I thought <laughs> I thought that was a nice a nice intentional uh, change to blue there by the uh, lighting crew, and I thought that was really uh, really well thought out. Like the same way that you know uh, we talk about there being a waterfall uh, at the appropriate point in um, Skipper Dan, right? Typically, well, typically, uh, there's a, there seems to be switching to under being underwater for making sweet sweet love to a manatee. I thought that was really nice, and uh, <laughs> I did notice that uh, they were using the LED lights that were built into the ceiling quite a bit. During yeah, the song. yeah, yeah. It's cool. definitely a cool effect that you don't get to see at other venues. All right, well, uh, Steve and Ruben returned back to stage and immediately walked to the keyboards. Yeah, I was so excited when I saw that. <laughs> so you know what that means? It means that they're going to do a uh, cover song of The Doors. Well, so, yeah, so, um, you know, he he, uh, he said he's going to be doing a cover by The Doors. And Dave, when we <laughs> recorded the, the Kennedy Center um, episode uh, review, yep. you mentioned that nobody seemed excited for The Doors <laughs> cover. So when Al said that, I went, woo! And I heard and Jackie a said woo as well. Okay, I heard her, and uh, I so I had two total woos that I heard, uh, mine and Jackie's, and then uh, Al goes, "Oh, five Doors fans." <laughs> yes, that was fun. Yes, great, five Doors fans, great. He said he first heard this song on a third generation cassette that Bermuda gave him. Uh, again, the concert was at the Whiskey in 1967, and then Al turned time. to Bermuda's like Whiskey '67. And then Bermuda said, 67 the whiskey. Yep. And this is uh, the same venue that he. Uh, I've heard them mention that one that too. Mentioned in it it must be a Doors reference. or uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, apparently there's a lot of uh, Doors references that we're not picking up. Uh, Jackie was uh, really into the Doors when she was uh, in college aged. And uh, she said there's a lot, a lot of Doors references <laughs> that, you know. Throughout the the introduction, the Weird Al song, and everything, the, the, the performance and everything, so it's a uh, the live performance especially, yes, and even you know the phone call to the mother piece, yeah. So uh, said the song came out in the '60s, and the people were not ready for it. Jim Morrison was ahead of his time, uh, and I noticed that uh, this was the one that I was talking about earlier, where not just the lights were on the ceiling, but they were also all over the theater. Oh on yeah, the back of the, the the venue, those really cool circles. Yeah, no no surface is safe from the yes. lights during Craigslist. So, uh, yes, uh, absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, well, when we get to Craigslist, we know we want to know where the coffee shop was. Yeah, I heard uh, Black and White Roaster on West 80th Street. That's what I had as well. Black okay. and White Roasters on West 80th Street. Excellent. So uh, that also that. Maybe one person might have cheered for that. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't like a whole audience like recognition. Isn't it, isn't it recognize recognize that place? Or if they did, they were being polite. I used to say uh, for audiences that were quiet, you say you were a very polite audience. So uh, they were a very <laughs> polite audience tonight, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I did not catch everything uh, during the phone call with his mother. I'll do my best. I, 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 he said, like, I want to uh, bury you up to your waist. In well, this. I want to make you wear the Shroud of Turin 
Oh, I bury you up to your waist in circus peanuts. I don't know what the Shroud of Turin is. I heard him say oh, that. It's, it's a religious. Uh, okay, it's, it's a religious uh, artifact. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love circus peanuts. <laughs> oh, do you? They're banana flavored. That's why you hate them. Uh, are they? Yeah. Oh, they're just they're just disgusting flavored. <laughs> I love them. I love that he said that. Uh, it sounds like you've got some better. <laughs> notes that I do. Well, so. I don't know about that. I'll but, pop uh, in if you... Uh... It's some, I have a note about a dog looking on in disappointment. And then I also have a a note that he uh, started singing Baby Shark. Yep. Which was a call back to earlier in the day when we were at the Monster Truck uh, show. <laughs> the Monster Truck Demolition Derby show. Uh, they did play he had that a, he had a DJ. Briefly. He had a DJ that was... Uh, or a host that was, uh, you know, in between as they're, you know, clearing the the arena and setting up for the next things. He was playing songs and trying to be uh, funny about things. And uh, he did say, uh, I don't play enough songs for the kids. And he started playing Baby Shark. So it was definitely a callback to uh, to the earlier in the day when we were at the North Carolina State Fair. It's not just the thing that Al does every show. Nope. <laughs> definitely. Uh, he did say that uh, is in the desert on a... In a rental low rider convertible with fuzzy dice hanging, I imagine from the uh, rearview mirror. <laughs> I did not write where they were hanging from. He uh, uh, mentioned the uh, Native American Indian was juggling armadillos. Yep, <laughs> and uh, another Mecca High, Mecca Ho reference. And to uh, and to the the Indian man, he said Shalom. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> uh Something tastes like butter. butter. Oh, something tastes like butterscotch potatoes. Ugh. Oh, I heard butterscotch fajitas. Oh, well, I heard potatoes. Well, I heard fajitas. <laughs> oh, some, <laughs> some sort of butterscotch flavored potatoes or fajitas. And did not like that. He did not he said, like yeah. that. He said, stop the car. I'm getting out. And the secret at the end uh, is that he left the, or he put the empty carton of milk back into the refrigerator. Definitely a great song. Yeah. Uh, great lights, Dave. I know you like lights. the lights. I do like the lights. The lights are the lights are cool. They look cool on the ceiling. They're definitely lights. Uh, a lot of smoke for this one. And I've mentioned this in the past before. This the fog, the smoke has this distinct smell to it. And this is uh, it's been a while since I got to smell that smoke, but I did get to smell it tonight. It was close <laughs> the enough. Fog. The fog. The fog. It's a distinct smell that that brings me back uh, to. Uh, my childhood. When you would drink liquid smoke. Yes. Um, so then Al started talking about how he met the band. Well, he needed a minute. He said, he, I need a minute to uh, let the spirit of the Lizard King leave me. Then he started talking about how he met the band. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, we, we all know how he met Bermuda. Um, if we didn't mention that last song, it was called Craigslist. Did we not I mention don't know it? If we did. I don't know. Craigslist. I just want to make sure we mention it. And I do um, want to mention it was also uh, performed at the uh, Kennedy Center. Yeah. Uh, so Bermuda, Dr. Mento show, uh, Ruben on Grinder, and then I was I was watching Ruben. I wanted to see him take a sip of water and spit it out, but he didn't. He did. He actually uh, he, he did some kind of bow. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said uh, and Ruben, and then Ruben kind Took of did a bow, a bow yeah. and then then he said met him on Grinder, and then he he looked offended. And Ruben just kind of shook his head, <laughs> uh, and then. 
he said for the other guys, it was 1981 in Amsterdam. He was doing some sightseeing stuff, like the, uh, and then he sort of like, <laughs> I trying think to, he was trying, trying to think to of something to do in Amsterdam, and he just said, "Oh, the red light district." <laughs> and then he said, oh, "I was just checking just, it out." Just checking it out. <laughs> uh, and for people who don't know what the red light district is and why that's funny that Al said that. That's uh, legal prostitution. That's where you get legal prostitutes in in Amsterdam. <laughs> Just explaining in case someone okay. doesn't know. Okay. And <laughs> won't ask you how you know that. We're checking. I said he was uh, checking out a coffee shop, uh, and he said that uh, Amsterdam is not famous for its coffee shops, but uh, or not famous for selling coffee. But uh, there was music going on in the lounge. And it was basically... Uh, yeah, beautiful music, the same kind yeah. of thing you'd expect. I uh, heard them playing and, you know, invited them into the band. They and, had no idea who he was. <laughs> but and, they, on the spot, signed a 45-year contract, and it's going okay so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> I would think so. Pretty, pretty good. Working out pretty well for them. So then, of course, uh, they played Dare to Be Stupid. The Dare to Be Stupid. Lounge the, version. The Amsterdam coffee shop version. Okay. That's what I tweeted out. Um, and to, uh, Yeah, Dare to Be Stupid. Another song uh, sounds familiar because I just heard it at the Kennedy Center. Wow. Um, <laughs> I did volunteer. Yo, you did. Okay. Uh, with my right hand. I did see you volunteer. Did anyone else volunteer? I did not see anybody else volunteer. All right. I think you're the only one. I think you win by default. Well, this uh, <laughs> this next part, um, after the song Dare to be Stupid, Steve got up. Uh, or actually, before Steve got up, Al pulled out his, his uh, cell phone. Yeah. cell phone. He looked at it. And then he saw Steve get up and leave and said, oh, is it time? He said, oh, well, uh, you know, I told Steve he could go because he has an eBay auction that's ending. It's and closing, yep. He mm-hmm. said um, it's for, and he kind of struggled. He's like, it's for uh, a garbage pal kid card. Uh, it's yes. autographed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, why does that sound familiar? <laughs> well, uh, I we just talked about on what is now or what what at, as we're recording this is there, our most recent episode where we talked about uh, the going to New York Comic Con where you actually <laughs> had brought a garbage pail kid card with you and you ended up getting it a, a rare card one of the harder ones to find they're the one of, uh, of one of the Weird Al caricatures that they had done uh, and you ended up getting it autographed by the uh, artist who drew it well as soon as I heard Al mention a autographed garbage pal kid card it, it's too specific of a thing right to not be a reference to dave and ethan's 2003 uh, Al podcast yeah i've had the same exact thought okay i was like this is too <laughs> coincidental if it's not this is not us joking around saying it like i think this was an, was intentionally a uh, a little shout out to us dave um this is pretty interesting. Yeah, so because uh, Steve left. Steve left, and then he said, well, we've still got four. And Because Bermuda was still sitting at his drum set at this point. And he said, we've still got four. We can do our acoustic set. And we want to get acoustic, Jim? You know? <laughs> and Jim said he would. Well, um, and Bermuda was still sitting at his drum set at this point, And he kind of crossed his arms 
And you just sounded the drums. <laughs> well, so then Jim but starts... Usually, I guess if someone's listening to this episode and, and isn't familiar with what usually happens at this point is that uh, Steve will leave the stage and Bermuda will also leave the stage <laughs> because this, they're doing the acoustic uh, You Don't Love Me Anymore and neither one of those play during that song. So no drums, no bass. no need for them to be on stage. Well, so it's, so... it's a Ruben, Jim, and Al on stage. At this point, but for some reason, Bermuda just sat at his drum set. Um, so uh, Jim started playing, and uh, Al's getting ready to start singing. He turns around and he sees Bermuda still there, um, <laughs> yeah. and just kept going. Starts singing the song, and um, every once in a while he would turn around and check and see if Bermuda was still there. Yeah, during kind of the breaks where yeah. sometimes Al plays around, he yeah he turned around. He saw Bermuda was still there, and just kind of shrugged at him, like, what's going on? <laughs> His hands up. And uh, just Bermuda was there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, what's interesting was, and and I, I guess they never really have the, the, would have any reason to have the drum set lit during this. So Bermuda was sort of sitting there in the dark because I guess they, they, that's how they normally like this song. They don't like the drums. There's well, no need to. Because he's so, never on stage right. and he's not playing anything. So, uh, But if you looked, and it was kind of hard to see because he wasn't lit very well. But uh, if you remember on previous tours where there were props involved, uh, that uh, during this song, uh, Weird Al would, would have a guitar in his hand as he was performing. And, you know, anytime it came to, you know, the several times during the song, he would pick up the guitar and get ready, just look like he was about to play something, and then he'd have to throw it off to the side. Uh, and not play he, it. And not play it because you're off to his, you know, or, or, you know out of playing range so that uh, he, he could uh, sing the lyrics that came up. Well, Bermuda was sort of doing, sort of reusing that gag, and he would, <laughs> he would set up, you know, as if he was getting ready to hit the drum set, and then he would... Stop. <laughs> the last second, put it down. Second, put it down. Um, so uh, it was hard to see uh, what was going on, but uh, if you looked close enough and you knew what to look for, you could see Bermuda doing that. Uh, so it was definitely a callback, uh, and it was a very, <laughs> it was a fun moment. It was a fun moment. I have to. I imagine. wish he was lit a little bit better. But, yeah. But I also realized that um, this gag was really for uh, well. The fact that Bermuda stayed on stage, I think was, it was, a, was a, a, a for Al's birthday. Was I think Al's it was a good for Al's birthday. Yeah, yeah. It was there's not something that the audience, if you had seen a million shows like like us, you would not know that. Well, Bermuda shouldn't be there. So uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so like us and and Jeremy they, and Fred, like yeah. probably the only people who really got yeah, it. A few people in the audience probably got it. <laughs> I was cracking up the whole song because it was That's just fun. so funny to watch fun. Bermuda sitting there with his arms crossed, doing nothing. Yeah, and then uh, and then the call back to the gag. I wish. Uh, more people could have seen that, but it is, you know, it's hard to see Bermuda anyway. But then right at the end of the song, um, as it was ending, kind of fading out, um, <laughs> Bermuda hit the bass drum and did one drum hit. Yep. Um, and Al said, thank you, John. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pretty stinking yep. majestic. That was cool. That was a fun It's the first time I've ever seen uh, Bermuda play. Uh, on You Don't Love Me Anymore. <laughs> it might be the first time he's ever played on it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, You Don't Love Me Anymore. We'll throw that in the contender pile for Dave's Pick of the Night. Because it's a, such a special song with Bermuda yeah, up there. it's cool seeing Bermuda up there. <laughs> 
I wish it was. I wish I wish I could see him a little bit better, but it was. Crazy. Yeah. Although it's it's tough to see Bermuda in general on this tour with the drum shield and you know he's got symbols in his face, but uh, yeah, you know. I, I can see him good enough uh, despite not and not being lit. <laughs> uh, so All I enjoyed right. it. Well, Al picked up the accordion again, and he said, uh, "I think we need, think a, we pipe need organ. a pipe organ for this next song. Do we have one?" Then he played the accordion, and it sounded like he was playing a pipe organ. He said, okay. Said, That's close. <laughs> sounds, this sounds close. And uh, pipe organ means nature trail to hell. Nature trail to hell. Very cool. I love seeing this song, no matter what. Uh, smoke was, the fog was really filling up the stage on this one. Um, yeah, so it was cool. It was good. Uh, I have one more thing to add. Uh, that, <laughs> so... Because uh, the stage was so open and big and wide, they have uh, you know they have off the side of <clears throat> on Steve's side of the stage they have a crew member and I don't know what he does. Does he do sound maybe off on the side there? Uh, the crew member up on stage uh, sitting at the the board. Well, I could see him sort of singing along to uh, Oh to nice Hell on this one. Uh, I don't know his name and I don't know what he does up there, but. There's definitely a crew member <laughs> that's generally off, you know, to the side, you know, hidden behind some curtains or something. So you might not see him, but in this stage, he was oh, yeah, open, no so curtains. I, I could see him. Right. So that was uh, now. Uh, cool. I'm going to throw Nature Trail to Hell as another uh, potential Dave song because I thought it was cool, cool, cool. I always love hearing it. Potential Dave's pick of the night. Um, there was um, one pretty blatant thing that I noticed. During the song, um, I'm wondering if you had anything else to mention before I talk I have, about it. I've I've mentioned all I want to mention about that song. Uh, so typically, when Al plays the ratchet, uh, Bermuda then screams, um, but this time all of the screams were pre-recorded. Oh, I did notice that. Now that you, um, now that you mentioned I, it, I, I did not write it down. But they I did seemed that, yes. uh, familiar. One of them, I think, was like from the Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, song uh, or music video I, and song. I did notice um, they were pre-recorded. I did not make a connection. It's the first time I've ever seen it be pre-recorded. Yeah, um, I did. I because I was like, couldn't. I didn't have a great view of Bermuda, but I could see that he was not singing. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that that definitely is a unique uh, bit that, that does not happen. Usually, Bermuda will sing that piece or scream that piece. Scream that piece. <laughs> All right, well, the next uh, next song he said, uh, it aged poorly uh, and hardly makes sense anymore. Uh, way back, something when he wrote it, uh, more people were impressed that there was a 2,000-inch TV. So we had uh, Frank Frank's 2,000-inch TV. Um, I kept getting, uh, I don't know about distracted, but I kept noticing Ruben kind of being silly during the song. He's kind of like looking off to the side and like, Pointing at his throat. I don't know. Um, yeah, that, I, I noticed that too. At first, I thought maybe he was having issues with his keyboards because he was standing, like, kind of pointing at his. Looked like to me he was pointing at his keyboards and kind of looking off to that crew member who's off on stage, trying to get his attention and and trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, so I'm not quite sure what was going on. He kept shaking his head, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was it was definitely something that I caught, you know. Caught my attention as well. Um, and then finally, uh, <laughs> I guess his uh, dismay was resolved because uh, Hawkeye 
came out and uh, yeah. put a water bottle on Ruben's riser, and Ruben didn't notice because he was into the song, and so he started banging on the riser yep. <laughs> to get Ruben's attention. Yep, Hawkeye, this stage manager, yep. Came out, said, and uh, it was funny because I was watching Ruben after he put the water bottle, after Hawkeye put the water bottle down to see uh, if that's really what Ruben's issue was. And uh, he didn't not pick up the water bottle for a while. So I was like, mm, <laughs> I wonder if that really was <laughs> what Ruben was trying to get attention because he figured if he wanted a water bottle that bad, he would have picked it up as soon as the song was over. But it took a while. He did eventually pick it up and drink out of it. All right. So the next song... Uh, He's talking about uh, being in Disney on the uh, Jungle Cruise ride. He asked uh, how many people had seen it or had had ridden on it. I have ridden on it. Jackie had ridden on it, so we raised yeah. our hands. I don't know if you have. Yeah, I have. And uh, he said, oh, that's a fair amount of people. Yeah, he was impressed with the amount of people for being, I guess, North Carolina. Yeah. Is close enough to, to go down to, to Disney for uh, in Florida for a vacation? Uh he started talking about how it's like an eight to ten minute ride. He was describing for people who were not familiar with it, and uh, the song ended up being Skipper Dan. What a surprise! And uh, yeah, Skipper Dan. And, and uh, uh, there were I, points during the song where the whole stage was completely lit up, very bright. Yes, um, I liked that. So I noticed this, and 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 it may have just been what I heard and not what actually was saying, but. Uh, Usually, he says he graduated first in his class at Juilliard. Yeah. I heard him say graduated last in my class at Juilliard. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I don't know if that was just me picking that up or if that's really what he said. I don't know. And then I noticed uh, uh, there's another uh, line in the song where he was the, uh, the, you know, the film was the Toast of Sundance or Can. And I thought, uh, I thought that... Uh, I thought that maybe he should switch that to the Toronto International Film Festival, TIFF, where the premiere, world premiere of uh, Weird Al Yankovic story happened. So it would be the Toast of Sundance or maybe Toronto International Film Festival? That's a Dave suggestion. Wow. That's, uh... That is an official Dave suggestion. Well, you don't have a theme song. Well, that's okay. I'm just a still, I still have a suggestion. I don't need but a do we have song. to play... Do, do we have to have Frank play my theme song? Well, this is an official Dave suggestion, so it's up to Frank. If he wants to play the theme song, he certainly is more Dave's and suggestions. That's right. I'm saying throwing a reference to TIFF where your saw where your movie made its world premiere. And both Ethan and I were at. <laughs> <laughs> um when Al started talking to the megaphone and he said African bull elephant, I thought he pointed at me. <laughs> he calls you an African bull elephant. Well, hey, I've been called worse. Um, but then when he started talking about the backside of water, yeah, interestingly enough, I did not notice any waterfall. There was no waterfall. I was looking all around for it, and I did not see. It would have been a cool venue waterfall. to have a waterfall. Yeah, right? up on the ceiling, a waterfall on the ceiling. I mean, they already did the water bit for the uh, the manatee uh, in CNR. So maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe they, they used up all their water. Oh, maybe. Their, their allotment of blue. Yes, <laughs> their allotment of water. All right. Well, so uh, Al talked about how it's important to be well-informed. Yeah. There's the internet and cable news, but uh, America's number one most trusted news source is the Weekly Midnight Star. That's right. The Weekly Midnight Star. Always a treat to hear the Midnight Star. Yeah. And interesting enough, uh, 
the fact that uh, at least the poster we picked up earlier was Midnight Star related. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And Both I of them were. a nice connection. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a nice connection and probably unintentional on Al's part, but uh, certainly certainly noticed by me. Yeah, uh, me too. So uh, I thought that was cool. And I'm going to throw Midnight Star as another contender for Dave's pick of the night. Wow. Yeah, it's tough. There's this tough, tough choice on this one. Um, after Midnight Star... Al talked about the biopic coming out November 4th. Yes, he uh, said he already mentioned it earlier, but he wanted to talk about it again. <laughs> See, he has mixed feelings. It's redundant. Why do I need a whole song? Um, why do I need a whole... Yeah, why do I need the movie? Yeah, why do I need a whole no movie? biopic when I uh, already have a song about it. goes through my life story. Do you guys want to hear it? And then... Uh, uh, and of course, his audience was... Ambivalent about it because <laughs> they had been all evening. Well, Al opinion. said, uh, "Well, you're ambil- uh, ambivalent about it. We'll play something else." He started chatting with Steve. I wonder what they actually were chatting. Yeah, about. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> to know what they were discussing. And of course, they played. Uh, ultimately, played Albuquerque. Albuquerque, yes. They convinced the audience convinced them to play Albuquerque. I wonder what would happen if the audience was like, no, we really don't want to hear it. <laughs> I think they would still play Albuquerque. You think so? You don't think they would switch it to the biggest ball twine in Minnesota? Uh, for the part where he talks about the plane crash, uh, you know, killing everybody. Everybody died! He went, except for me. And he, like, sort of flipped his hand around and pointed at his face. Ah, cool. Um, and... Uh, of course, when he talks about going to Albuquerque in the Albuquerque Holiday Inn, he talks about being able to eat your soup right out of the ashtrays if you want to. And um, that made me think about, oh. um, <laughs> Dave, at the fair, you wanted to purchase a uh, an so, ashtray. So they have, you know, a whole bunch of people who do, you know, homemade stuff, try to sell it. Or, you know, and they had uh, one booth had some, somebody was carving wood and there was a, a nice... A nice uh, carving of a cat, and and for some reason an ashtray. You know, the cat was the cat was standing above an ashtray, and I don't smoke, so I have no need for an ashtray. But I thought it was looked like a cool piece, and I was going to buy it. And I was on the fence whether or not to buy it. I said, well, if we walk past this shop on the way out, I'll pick it up, and we did not end up going past there, so I well, did not buy it. Well, when you. When you t- I didn't see the ashtray, but when you were you and Jackie were discussing it, I said, "Oh, are you going to start smoking?" <laughs> what I should have said is, "Oh, are you going to use it as a soup bowl?" Yes. So I apologize. I didn't think of that in the moment, Dave. And that's the only reason why I don't smoke is because I do not have an ashtray. Right. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah. So uh, I noticed that uh, there was actually. Uh, I wanted to point out something. We talk about nickels on this podcast. Quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, there were two references to nickels this evening. One of them, of course, is the uh, shave your back for a nickel in uh, in this song. And yep. then the other, uh, the other one was way back in Dare to be Stupid where he talks about wooden nickels. Oh. I just wanted to give a shout out to nickels. Wow. Great. <laughs> I noticed uh, at this point um, Al was wearing black uh, canvas Vans huh. shoes. Um I hadn't noticed that. Sometimes he wears kind of like a like a leather, like a dressier kind oh, of shoe. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So uh, I just I thought it was cool. He's, he's casual tonight. Casual birthday shout out tonight. Uh, did, did you notice did... when he said uh, colonic irrigation? He did the yeah, he, the he, finger he, up the butt motion. <laughs> indeed, 
And uh, he did, uh, of course, apologize for the hermaphrodite. He has. <laughs> and he got it correct. Like, he has uh, ever since Jackie corrected him on a That's right. previous episode. Um, nothing too special when it came to donuts. No, the donuts were no pretty, dingle. pretty standard. No 20, I counted 25 of them. You know, you know Marion Barry, Halle Berry, and Chuck Berry got a couple of laughs out of the audience, but it was pretty pretty standard uh, yeah. list of donuts. I think Dingle should have been in there. I think Boo Berry and Frankenberry should have been in there. We're so close to Halloween. Mm-hmm. But um Al's the expert. Well, <laughs> and uh, did you get his uh, pet names for his uh Yep. Sweetie Pumpkin, Honey Muffin, and Sugar Biscuit. <laughs> Sugar Biscuit. Yeah, uh, he did call for a. He did call within the song. He called for a guitar solo. Yep. Uh, and of course, Jim came was. I thought the guitar solo was pretty rocking. I thought uh, Jim was uh, was. It, it was definitely different than the album uh, guitar solo. It was definitely a rock, more rocking version. Hmm. It was definitely uh, cool. You know, I don't know where that. I mean, well, Brad was there, so uh, he, he gets to decide if that's a real guitar solo or <laughs> okay. not. I guess he gets to see it. But close and personal, make that decision. Doesn't have to go off of our reviews. Uh, he did forget. He did uh, he, one thing. He did. Uh, he did this song in uh, the Kennedy Center too. I should point out. But uh, at the Kennedy Center, uh, he, he, you know, the part where he usually forgets uh, where he is and he says, "Oh, we have to go back and uh, start the song." Uh, he didn't at the Kennedy Center. He just plowed through. And, but this time, he actually forgot the song and he said, "Where was I? I kind of lost my train of thought." And he kind of pointed at Steve and made Steve stop playing. Then he pointed over at Jim and made Jim stop playing. And he said, sorry, we have to start over. And they did the song all over from the beginning. The entire song over. And then when they got to that part again, they just kept doing it. And they're <laughs> still playing it in an infinite loop. No, no. He he did pretty, he went pretty far this time. He's, it seems to switch up how far he goes into the song before he remembers. Oh, I remember what the last part of the song is now. And then... Uh, it was fun. Uh, yeah. Now it's up to the point where we do the break in... Uh, where you have that break. Prior to the encore. Prior to the encore. They pretend they're backstage, kind of hanging out. Um, I saw Ruben. Uh, he went over and started chatting with Kamal, the photographer. Oh. Huh. Um, I noticed Bermuda... Um, well, Al, of course, did his normal thing where he, um, you know... Yeah, he's off the his, side of stage. His and head, he's, yeah, he's, dabs his armpits. He's checking his phone. I could really, I could see, because uh, Al kind of stopped in front of me, sort of, you know, where my seat was off to the side, and was kind of leaning against the road case for that one. Yep. Uh, Bermuda was kind of hard for me to see, but I saw him kind of doing similar to what Al was doing. He was kind of wiping his head with a towel, and hmm. then he was wiping his armpits as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um Ruben started um, kind of yelling and pointing at people, and then he saw me in the audience. He started yelling and pointing at me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, and then Steve just sort of was chatting with Al. Yeah, it seemed like Steve was trying to tell Al, hey, maybe we should do an encore or something. <laughs> trying to get him back out on stage. Or the technic was still on stage. Get him back out in front of the uh, audience in his stool. Yeah, so this song... Uh, the song after the uh, the encore, they generally does a a cover song, and this time he actually mentioned, yeah, we generally do cover songs, uh, and he said generally we've uh, 
we would only do this particular song if we had technical difficulties on previous tours. And he turned back to Bermuda and Bermuda said, yeah, it was 2003 to 2004 where they, uh, where they would have these technical difficulties. And Al started explaining how they had this multimedia server that would crash, you know, and basically uh, shut down the whole show. And they basically needed to, to do this song to... Uh, you know, to allow time for that server to get back up and running and get back on course. I was explaining that, and he said, you know, so uh, there's not much that can happen on this tour that can really go wrong. So we really have, there really is no reason for us to play this song. And they went into Radio Radio by Elvis Costello. Oh, it's so cool to get to see this Radio Radio. Of course, I've seen it. I guess I was at a lot of these shows where there were technical <laughs> difficulties. I've seen it quite a bit on previous tours. I had not seen it on this tour yet. And, this was uh, my first time ever seeing really? them uh, perform Radio Radio. So I was really happy. Um, it's one of the sort of elusive ones that I've wanted wow. to catch this tour. Yeah. So I was very happy uh, I, to get to hear it. I love hearing Radio Radio. I mean, I, I uh, up until, you know, they they uh, started playing it where now now they... Now that they can play it when they want to play it, it's a, it it's, makes me feel a little bit better about liking this song too much. But I always liked it on tours <laughs> when I got to hear Radio Radio. I mean, I knew that meant that they were having technical issues, but it was always a treat to get to hear Radio Radio. This is one of my favorite cover songs to hear. Uh, so I was very, very thrilled that I got to hear Radio Radio. Again, it's been a long time since I've heard them do that, and I'm very happy I was here to hear that. I'm going to throw that one on the contender list for Dave's pick of the night. Radio, radio. Uh, Al performed a total of 19 songs, and Dave has 17 written on uh, (laughs) (laughs) his contender list. Um, Well, so afterwards, he said, I got one last thing for you, and then they went into the Unplugged Medley. Unplugged Medley. Of course, features uh, Medley uh, with new arrangements for Amish Paradise, Smells Like Nirvana, White and Nerdy, Word Crimes, Yoda, and Yoda Chant. Yep. And uh, during Amish Paradise, uh, Steve was having some mic difficulties. Really? I did not pick that up. You didn't pick that up? Well, um, Steve uh, indicated that something was wrong with his mic, and um, the tech uh, on the side, it used to be Dana, now it's uh, it's either Mike or Matt. I can't remember which. Um, I've never met him, but he's the the newer uh, crew member. And um, he went over and he replugged something, and uh, then Steve's mic was working. Wow, I totally missed all that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you missed that. <laughs> um, I did notice though that uh, that Amish Paradise got the loudest cheers uh, of the evening from the audience. Oh yeah, it, it did. That they must have woke back up at that point because they were cheering when they started playing Amish Paradise. And the outside you though. Uh, I, this was this was a unplugged medley. I know Al does it every single show, but he must really enjoy doing it. At least he really was having. You could tell like the look on his face for this one. He really was enjoyed doing this medley. You could tell because it was a really well done medley. This was this is one of the better unplugged medleys that I've seen on on the entire tour. Yeah, it's like they've played it like 120 yeah. times. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it really, it really, really sounded good. The Yoda chant was incredible. I, I really, I really enjoyed this. And if I didn't already have seventeen songs on my uh, my list, I would throw this one on <laughs> my list or Dave's uh, song of the night as well. And by the way, I should mention he did play the un- unplugged medley at the Kennedy Center. Also, what I know. Oh. 
quite a few songs that were repeated from the Kennedy Center. I can't believe it. I have the official end time or that I wrote down. I didn't write 17. one down. I forgot to. 11.17. Well, should we go into Dave's pick of the night or should we talk about what happened after the, after the show? Well, since it's uh, fresh in our mind, let's go into Dave's pick of the night. I narrowed it down to five. Uh, Christmas. I wrote down Christmas at Ground Zero. Wait, you so you didn't even uh, have a pick of the night going into this? No, I did. I know what my pick okay. of the night is. I'm okay. just throwing out some contenders. So okay, okay. I want to throw in some honorable... Make it interesting. I want, to th- well, I want to throw honorable mentions. I mean, it's nice that I'm giving Dave's pick of the night, but there, I mean, there are other songs that, that did stick with me for various reasons. Uh, Christmas at Ground Zero was one of them because... Uh, because it's been a while since I've heard that, and I, I do feel it's one of the one of the least played songs on the regulars of the the set list. Uh, you don't love me anymore, of course, for <laughs> the amazing uh, bit where Bermuda actually stayed on stage for this one. And uh, uh, Nature Child of Hell, one of my favorite songs, and again, I guess that uh, the backing vocals of uh, Bermuda. But that's you know, Nature Child of Hell is a great song. Midnight Star. Because uh, the connection to uh, the poster that we saw earlier, and uh, Radio Radio, which is uh, one of my favorite cover songs, so those are my five choices. You have your choice picked out. I do, um, although um, I feel like you should have mentioned a song that Al um, that we have not heard performed on this tour that we got to hear tonight. I would mention that song, but uh, Weird Al did not sing it, so I did not <coughs> count it. As, well, as Fun song. Zone is a song that Weird Al does not sing on. Yeah, but that's a, that's in Weird Al's catalog. Well, we got to hear a brand new exclusive song this tour. Honestly, it the audience was only halfway singing along to that. It really wasn't oh, all that great. Okay. It's not on my list. All right. I don't know if it w- <clears throat> would even count. Because um, it's not technically. That's what I'm saying. It does. I don't think. I don't think it counts. All right. Uh, are you ready to reveal Dave's pick of the I'm night? I'm ready to reveal Dave's pick of the night. It's Dave's pick of the night. Dave's pick of the night is Radio Radio. I was thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to hear that song tonight. It's been such wow. a long time since I heard Radio wow. Radio. I enjoy that song. Anytime you want to play that song, whether you have technical difficulties or not. You're welcome to play that song, and I will always enjoy it. I love Radio Radio. The Radio Radio, by far, my pick of the night. It was tough because up to that point, I really hadn't had a strong contender. And once he pulled out Radio Radio, I'm like, boom, that's it. My song of the night. Wow. Uh, very surprising answer. Let's uh, let's hear the theme song. for. Uh... It's Ethan's prediction of Dave's pick of the night. And um, so uh, I did write happy birthday, but if it's not allowed, my second choice was you don't love me anymore. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, and that is because happy birthday, of course, we've not seen it performed by yeah. Weird Al's band on this tour. Um, Emo was on stage for it. <laughs> it was a very special moment. And it was a cool Weird Al's moment. Birthday. It was a cool moment. The whole reason we're here at the in Raleigh or rally. Is for Weird Al's birthday, yeah. but oh, Dave, cool. you said it was- it's not allowed, so I figured you would say that. So then I chose the you know a song that you've never heard before. You don't love me anymore with John Bermuda Schwartz on stage, and he did play the drums one time. So <laughs> technically, it's a brand new version of You Don't Love Me Anymore. 
Uh, Dave, you should have picked that as your pick of the night. I don't think so. I, I mean, it was... It, there's a, a bit lacking in that you don't love me anymore that really the fact that that I felt that that uh, Bermuda should have been more well lit since being up there and I felt <laughs> that uh, I don't know it's, it's just it was a good it wasn't a great I mean it was a good uh, they're all good songs I mean, it was a good rendition of you don't love me anymore but I really enjoy Radio Radio so all right. that's my song alright all right. I ain't got that one wrong Ethan I suppose I did <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I'm not counting happy birthday because uh, it, it's not if, if Al had done if, if the band had done Weird Al's version of happy birthday that would be a different story but the traditional version of Happy Birthday. That was a cool moment, and it definitely would be Dave's non-musical pick of the night. But, uh, <laughs> or not non-set list pick of the night. But uh, All right, all right. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that was a, was a interesting show. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely glad I came down for Weird Al's birthday. It was cool to see that moment. It was cool to spend, spend Weird Al's, part of Weird Al's birthday with him up on stage. And... Uh, I guess uh, at the end of the show, we thought we were getting out of there pretty quickly. I mean, the show had run, like I said, 1117 is probably the latest any show had ended uh, due to the fact that it took half hour to uh, to run past. Uh, we met back up with Fred afterwards, um, and we're heading out. Talked to Fred for a little bit. She told us a little bit of how she built her, talking to me, a little bit about how she uh, put together... If anyone hasn't seen this, you gotta gotta check it out. It's, it's got to be somewhere online. Uh, Fred put together this amazing suit that's just all little googly eyes. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's uh, incredible. It, it, and and she spent a long time building it, building it out. And uh, May through September. May through September, at the suggestion of, uh, of our friend Stephanie, who uh, who planted that seed in her head, and and uh, she's uh, yeah so. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I get to see that that uh, that suit in person at some point. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're about getting ready to leave, uh, hanging out front, and all of a sudden uh, we're stopped as we're walking away by. Uh, well, Dave, you're skipping. Uh, I skipping. I had a conversation um, with a second grade teacher, Matt, oh. who uh, this was his first Weird Al show, despite uh, the fact that he's uh, been a Weird Al fan his whole life. And uh, he just picked up his ticket earlier, like an hour before the concert. He bought it on StubHub, and uh, he was really thrilled to go. He came up to me and complimented my 2,000-inch hat. And, nice. um, you know, in our conversation, I mentioned the podcast, and uh, he sounded very interested in it. And he said uh, uh, he's a big Comedy Bang Bang fan, and uh, he's really excited to check out our interview with Scott Ackerman. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, shout out to Matt, then. And uh, yeah, so we're heading, getting ready to head home, hop in the car, we're going to get back to our hotel, and uh, somebody comes up to us and says, uh, I'm a reporter for the, whatever the, lo- the newspaper is for the school uh, that's close by, and uh, would you mind if I uh, asked you a few questions about the concert? And she couldn't have picked <laughs> four bigger Weird Al fans. No. <laughs> I don't think she knew who... She realized what she was getting into. Uh, but yeah, she uh, wanted to, to do a quick interview with us. Uh, it was it was uh, Jackie. Uh, she started asking Jackie some questions. Uh, and uh, she asked me some questions. And she got to hear 
quite a quite more than I think she was expecting <laughs> with uh, my history uh, with the Star Fund and uh, my my large collection, my tattoos, which I got to show off to her later on and uh, talk about the podcast quite a bit. So uh, I'm not quite sure what she said. This was for a school project that she's working on. Um, hopefully she gets an A plus because she talked to us. And uh, and her name was Bethany. And uh, if if anything comes out of this that we can share uh, with you, uh, we will. And uh, so, Dave, you showed your Weird Al tattoos. And uh, (laughs) and uh, Fred decided she was going to show her Weird Al tattoo, which required her taking her pants off. Yes. (laughs) Fred went behind... uh, a trash can. A trash can and uh, disrobed for the reporter. <laughs> and uh, she gave me permission to see her uh, her thigh. And uh, she had a really cool um, uh, Peter and the Wolf tattoo. Yeah, Fred's got a really cool, really pe- cool. Re- really cool Peter and the Wolf tattoo. If, uh, if uh, you ever... From the album art. Yeah, yeah. It's the... Essentially, the cover from the album art, or some most of the cover from the album art. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Fred's had that tattoo for a while. Uh, if, if you get the opportunity to see it, and you run into Fred, and she does not Just, have to, yeah, ask her to take her pants off. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> then uh, you should check it out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely cool. So it was a fun, uh, fun. We usually we're the ones that are asking the questions. Uh, uh, in this time, we got to get the reverse role. Roles reversed and got to have questions asked of us uh, by a by a real reporter for the uh, school newspaper or for a school project. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully that shows up somewhere. And uh, we did give her, of course, business card and contact information. If she told her if she needs any ad- additional information, she knows where to find us. That's right, uh, Bethany. If you're out there, good luck on your project. From all of us here at Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. All right, do you have anything else uh, to uh, go over before we uh, wrap up? No, I think um, to- you know we're just going to be hitting the road again. That's right. We're going to. Uh, we got a day off tomorrow. Uh, Jackie and I are going to go out check out Rally or Cary or some other place around here, North Carolina. We don't get down here very often. It'll be fun to to see what's around. And then we're heading off. Uh, next show will be in Roanoke, Virginia. Excellent. So uh, we'll see you then. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode, 39 centimeters. How you doing? Al here. Um, listen, um, I, I know you're super busy. You got a lot going on. Uh, I, I really hate to bother you, but, um, well, there, there's something I've been meaning to tell you, and I'm afraid it just can't wait any longer. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear
63 years old! Yeah.